Howard, how we doing, H12? How you guys doing tonight? Everybody good? Hey, uh, how's school going so far? Everybody having a good week at school? Is there anybody that hasn't started school yet? Anybody who haven't started school? Everybody wants to be like you. Um, well, hey, listen, man, I am so glad to be here tonight. My name is, uh, is Stephen. I'm the middle school pastor here at 12 Stone. Yeah, yeah, cool. And uh, hey, I just want to say real quick, man, I am so unbelievably proud of you guys because a lot of you, I know a lot of you, I uh, had the privilege of having you in middle school ministry when you were growing up here. And uh, man, it is just so cool because let's be honest for a little bit, all right? You guys go back to middle school days. Like, it's not always common in middle school ministry that you see students just going for it, right? In worship, sometimes you see them giving each other wet willies and messing around with each other, you know what I'm saying? And so, man, just standing in the back, looking at the room, seeing you guys go after it, I just want to say, man, this is awesome. You guys are awesome. What God is doing here at H12 and in our student ministry is awesome. And uh, just as we get going, just a little bit about me. If you don't know me, so I've been doing middle school ministry for a number of years, been at 12 Stone for, on staff for a little over six years. I'm a huge University of Tennessee football fan. Come on. Hey, listen, Tennessee's on the up and up, you know what I'm saying? And uh, we're on the up and up. But here's probably the most exciting thing and exciting news. I had a phenomenal summer. Let me tell you guys why I had a great summer. Because I did. I got married. And um, it's a picture of my wife. Amen. Amen. Yes. And so I am blessed. And uh, praise God. God has been very kind to me and uh, married way up, way up, gentlemen, way up. That's the way you want to do it, right? And, uh, and so I'm just so excited to be here tonight. And here's about tonight is we are starting a new series tonight launching into the school year called One Matters. And this series, right, this series is all about the culture of our student ministry. We want you to know at the, at the, at the core of our student ministry, of high school ministry here at 12 Stone, if you don't know anything else about high school ministry, we want you to know that when you whittle it down to just two words, you will get One Matters. See, and when we talk about culture, right, we're talking about beliefs and actions of a group of people. And, and when you think about it, every organization has a culture. Every family has a culture. Every school, all of your schools, they have a culture. Whether you like the culture or not, who knows, but every team has a culture, right? Like football teams have a culture. Who's the best football team around here? Is it College Hill? All right, cool, cool. All right. Who's the worst? Who's the worst? All right. All right. Okay, listen, listen, listen. I shouldn't have asked that. But listen, so, so every organization, every business, every, every family, right, every ministry has a culture. And a culture is defined by what we say, what we believe, what we do. The things that, that cause us to do what you and I, what we do. And when you think about it, even words 
define a culture. All right, so I want to have a little fun with you guys. I have some organizations that have some famous statements, and so I'm going to throw these statements on the on the screen. And when you know who is responsible for that statement, yell it out. All right. So here's the first one. Check it out. Scatter, cover to chump. Come on, Waffle House. Anybody Waffle House fans? Amen. Amen. All right, let's look at the second one. Here we go. What do you have? What do you have? What do you have? The varsity. Come on. How many of you, show of hands, have eaten at the varsity and not thrown up? Okay. Amen. All right, that's great. That's great. All right, we'll go to the next one. My pleasure. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. How about, I got to look at this one. Grande, non-fat, no whip, caramel macchiato. Starbucks it is. That's right. Yeah. One matters. Come on. That's right. High school, age 12. Listen, listen, listen. We want you to know one matters. See, every culture has a language that defines that culture. And beginning tonight, we're going to be looking at what is the culture of high school ministry at 12 Stone? What is the culture of student ministry at all of our campuses here at 12 Stone Church? See, one thing to know and to note is that in Israel, in Jesus' day, Israel, right, they had this idea of what was called ecclesia, right? And ecclesia was an assembly. It was an assembly of people that would gather together, that would listen to a message, that would have an experience, much like you guys are having an experience tonight here at 12 Stone. And see, this was Caesar. This was his strategy, right, to go into Rome and to let them know about the culture. And then Jesus comes along. And in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus looks at Peter, and this is what Jesus says. He says, uh, what, what about you, he asked Peter. He said, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, and he said this, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. In other words, Simon, you're not smart enough to come up with that. That was revealed to you by someone else, which is true. It was revealed to him by God himself. And this is what Jesus said to Simon. This is a powerful thing, and it's true today. He says this, I tell you that you are Peter. He changed his name. You are Peter. And on this rock, Peter, the name Peter means rock. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. On this rock, Peter, on this rock, on you, I will begin and build my church, my ecclesia, my assembly. Here's the thing. You guys are a church. You're at a church. Yes, the church, you're at, but you are the church. You are here to listen, to learn, to go after, chase after God. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't really know what this God thing is about. Hey, listen, we're so glad you're here tonight. Thank you so much for being here tonight. I encourage you to keep coming back every single week to age 12, discovering more about God, listening to more about God. But some of you, you came tonight because you want more of him. You want to understand more about him. And Jesus says, I'm building my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. 
Nothing will rip apart. Nothing will take down my church. Even the gates of hell and Hades will not prevail against it. See, at the heart of the value system is a belief that people matter to God. If you know anything about Jesus, you know this is true about the way that he lived his life. People matter to God. As a matter of fact, that's what we say here at 12 Sun. If we were to give you a statement that would symbolize our culture, it would be this. Everyone matters to God. Everyone matters to God. If you're taking notes, write that down. Listen, you may not have realized that. You may not believe that, believe that about yourself. You may not think that is true, but it is. Everyone matters to God. And it doesn't matter what you've done, what you've experienced, the mistakes that you've made. You matter to God. Everyone in this room matters to God. It doesn't matter what culture tells you. It doesn't matter what even some of your family may tell you. What I'm telling you and what 12 Stone would tell you and what H12 would tell you is that everyone matters to God. You matter, matter to God. When we say everyone, we mean everyone. Single people and taken people matter to God. Athletic people and unathletic people. Amen. Just kidding, I'm pretty athletic. Matter to God, right? Dog people and cat people. Well, maybe not cat people, right? Just kidding, just kidding. Dog people, cat people, Muslim people, atheist people, tall people, short people, rich people, poor people. Whether it's your first time to age 12 tonight or if you have been raised in the church, everyone matters to God. Whether you like Beyonce or Drake, everyone matters to God. Hey, whether you are going to vote for Hillary or Trump, everyone matters to God. Hey, listen, listen, listen. We want you to know, listen, listen, don't lose this, don't lose it. We want you to know you matter to God. And not only do you matter to God, but the people that you see every day that don't look like you, they don't talk like you, they don't think like you, they don't believe like you, they matter to God too. Everyone, students, everyone matters to God. And see, this belief often got Jesus in trouble, right, in his day. Because a lot of times what people would think and what they would say is that a person's worth was based on what they would do. A person's worth was based on who they were as status in the culture they lived in. A person's worth was based on their level of religion or religiosity, if you will, how devoted they were. And they would say, well, that person matters more and that person matters more. But Jesus comes along and he lives something completely different. The gospel of the Bible would say everyone matters to God, whether or not God matters to you. So you may be in here tonight and you don't really care about God. Did you know that God cares about you? It doesn't matter whether you care about him. He cares about you. That's how amazing and incredible his love is. That's why we call it amazing grace, because that's how good 
God is. And one time when Jesus was communicating this truth, he was communing it, communicating it to some high up religious figures. And he delivered probably what is the most significant statement in all of scripture. You guys probably know this one. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but would have eternal life. And it's a familiar verse, but don't allow the familiar to rob you of the incredible. I mean, think about that. God gave his only son so that everyone could know that one matters to God, that you matter to God, that the person on your right, the person on your left, the person you don't like, the person that doesn't like you, they matter to God. And as his church, see, we have been called to be his ecclesia, his assembly. See, a lot of times we think the church is where we go, but the church is who we are. We are the church. And so we have been called to be his church, to be the assembly, to be the ecclesia, right? And to bring the values and the vision to earth, the values and vision of heaven to the earth, to bring a message like, Everyone matters to God. And so in this series, what we want to do is we want to unpack three ideas. And these three ideas are all about our student ministry. And they are this, one kindness, one leader, and one life. Because as a student ministry, this is what we're here to do. We are here to reach the lost. We want to reach people far from God. If you're here tonight, you're far from God Thank you for being here. We want you here. We want to reach your friends that don't know Jesus. We want to reach the people that are not yet in this room so that the, the empty seats that are in the room would no longer be empty. You know what I'm saying? So we want to reach the lost. We want to serve the least. We want to do things in our student ministry where we serve people that are less fortunate than ourselves. And what's cool about that is as high school students, man, you guys are all about helping people. You are all about doing something for people. And so it fits perfectly for you. And thirdly, we want to raise up leaders. We know that in this room right now, sitting in these seats, there are leaders among us. You may not know that you are a leader, and maybe that's something that gets called out and called on you throughout this series. Let me just say this really quickly, is that some of you serve in other ministries in the church. You're going to hear more about this in the coming weeks, but if any of you would ever be interested in hanging out with squirrely, chaotic, loud middle schoolers, we would love for you to do that because we have a need and a lot of you serve in middle school ministry. Maybe it's children's ministry, K-12. But listen, that's what we're here to do. That's what we want to do. And today, what I want to do for a few moments is I just want to talk about serving the least. So if you have a Bible, I'd love for you to grab your Bible. Maybe it's underneath you, in front of you. I'd love for you to get your eyes on the text. There's power in the Word of God. There's power in looking at the Word of God. And so if you want to do that, turn open with me to page number 1041. Page number 1041. Luke chapter 10. This is one of Jesus' famous stories that you guys are maybe familiar with. And if not, we're going to talk about it tonight. He tells this story in response to a very smart, a religious expert, if you will. And the expert wants to have a 
He wants to ask a philosophical question about how to secure life in the hereafter. And then Jesus directs him into how to have life right now. And so I want to talk about that for a few moments. And so beginning in verse number 25, here's what it says. Chapter 10, 25, page 1040. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus said, you answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So we asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Let's stop there. So he asked Jesus the question. Jesus, he answers the question that he asked Jesus, right? And then he says, wanting to justify himself, who is my neighbor? Now, how many of you guys ever justify yourself? Anybody want to admit to that? I mean, think about this, guys, okay? How about, like for me, one of the areas that I justify is in the area of food. Anybody with me on food? I mean, here's the thing, right? Because, like, I know I just need to have maybe one or two pieces of pizza, but I want to have six pieces. And what I'll do is I will justify in my mind, I'll say, oh, you know what, man, I'll just run like 10 miles later and it'll be good to go. And then I'll get real tired and forget to run the 10 miles. You know what I'm saying? And so we justify ourselves all the time, even if it's something as small as food, right? Or even if it's something as big as a relationship. Or maybe you say something like, well, this one time won't really matter if we kind of cross these lines with my boyfriend or girlfriend, right? We justify ourselves all the time. It's true. It's true of you. It's true of me. It's part of our brokenness, right? Part of what Jesus fixes in us. And so he wanted to justify himself. Maybe we justify a bad decision. And see, here's the thing. Psychologists call this a self-serving bias. They say that when we try to justify ourselves over and over and over again, which we all do, right? They call it a self-serving bias, which means that there's this tendency to think more of ourselves than we really actually are. So think about it like this. There was, a re- there was research done, at, um, uh, and they asked over 800,000 high school students this question, okay? And I want to ask you this question, and I want you to be honest, but here was the question. The question was, are you above or below average in your ability to get along with other people? Okay, so if you would say you are above average in your ability to get along with other people, stand up. You're above average. Okay? Okay? Above average, getting along with other people. Okay? Thank you, guys. You can have a seat. Okay, if you would say you are below average, getting along with other people. Let's have you stand. Okay? All right? Thank you, guys. Have a seat. Okay? If you didn't stand because you were embarrassed and you don't know, have you, you stand. Just kidding. Okay. But listen, listen, listen. Think about this. 800,000, 800,000 students were asked, are you above or below average in the way that you treat other people? Okay? Here was the result. 
100%, not 1%, said that they were below. That they were below average of getting along with other people. Let's take it another step. How about this? Okay, so there was a survey of people done in a hospital. Okay, and the survey was with people who had been in a car accident, and it was their fault that the accident occurred. And this is the question that they were asked. They were asked, right? They were asked this question. How many of you would say that your driving skills are above average? And they were the reason, they were the cause of the wreck, which caused them to be in the hospital. Think, think about this. 93% said that they were above average drivers. All right? How many of you guys would say you're above average in your driving skills? Okay. Hey, I really appreciate the honesty. You guys are really honest. That's great. That's great. Well, listen up. See, the reality is we sometimes have a hard time we sometimes have a hard time seeing ourselves as we really are. Sometimes we like to think of ourselves as better than we really are, and sometimes we like to think of ourselves as worse. And Jesus continues in the story. He moves from philosophy to real life. So I want us to read this together, beginning in verse number 30. In reply, Jesus said it like this. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, when he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place where he saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the robber who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert said, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. See, what's interesting about this is Jesus is talking to an expert in the law. And what you've got to know about this culture, right, is that Jews and Samaritans did not get along, okay? They despised one another, okay? That's how it was. It was like Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez, okay? You know what I'm saying? They despised each other. They didn't like each other. They didn't, they hated one another so much that if you catch this, if you caught it, he couldn't even say the word Samaritan. He said the one, what did he say? He said the one who had mercy, thank you, on him. He couldn't even say the word Samaritan. See, because they despised them. They treated them as though they were outcasts, right? Because they didn't, you know, believe in the right kind of God. They, they didn't embrace all the scriptures or keep the law. There's so much tension between the groups that he couldn't say the word. 
And then Jesus replied and he said, go and do likewise. He didn't say go and debate. He didn't say go and uh, think about what I've said. He said, no, 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 go and do likewise. The story that you just heard, go and do likewise. You know, in the Bible, it says this, students. It says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when the Bible says that, what it is saying is don't just hear the words, but actually go out and apply and do what the word is telling you to do. And so when we look at this story, I think there's three things really, really quickly that come away from the story. First one is this. Many get beat up on the road of life. Let's just be honest for a minute tonight. Many people get beat up on the road of life. Every one of us have doubts. Every one of us have fears. Every one of us have habits. Every one of us have hangups. Let's face it. We all have problems. As a matter of fact, look to the person on your right and say, you have problems. All right? It's just true, guys. So stay with me and think about this. Think about this. Many people get beat up on the road of life. And we can get so caught up in our own problems that we forget, we forget that other people, we forget that other people are struggling. Check out this quote. It might come on the screen. Be kind for everyone that you meet is fighting a hard battle. Be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. See, everyone is struggling, students. We all get beat up on a road of life. Secondly is this, many see a need and take a pass. Many see a need and take a pass. What's interesting in the story, some of you know this, but two of the three that saw the man on the road were high religious figures. There were people that knew the law, that, that usually would do the right thing, that were known for being good people, if you will, right? And yet they saw a need and they kept on going. See, what's interesting is if you do a little research and you kind of pull up and study like the way that the roads, if you will, of, of Jericho and the dimensions of, of those roads, what you would find is that we're not talking about a road like we have here, right? We're talking about literally about a sidewalk, about the space between the two sections here, guys. And so for you to walk past that, you would literally have to pretend in your mind there's no way that those, that those two guys did not see the men. They purposefully and intentionally took a pass. And sometimes we do the same thing. Sometimes we see things that disturb us and we see a need and we pretend that we don't see it. I mean, maybe this hasn't happened yet in your school yet this year, but let's just say that you see someone getting bullied in some way or you see someone getting picked on or getting made fun of or whatever the case may be. Maybe it's on the football team. Maybe it's just in the hallways, in the lockers, right? And a lot of times what is easy for us to do is just to ignore it. It's easy for us to pretend that it's not even happening. It's easy for us to be like the first two guys in the story. 
And see, a lot of times we, we do that. There was another survey that was given from a seminary in California. And at this seminary, they, were told, they told these students, they said, hey, listen, prepare a short message. And what they did was they told the students, they told half of them, they said, listen, you are actually really late and you need to get over there and give the talk. And then they told the other half, you actually have a little bit of time to kind of walk around leisurely, take your time getting to class, and then when you get there, right, teach, teach the talk, teach, teach the sermon. And after they did that, on the way over to the building, right, they saw a man, both groups, who was coughing and groaning and literally, noticeably, something was wrong with him. Something was going on that shouldn't have been going on, right? And later on, they found that the ones that were told they were going to be late, right, 10% of those people stopped to help the man. And the ones that had time, 65% stopped. And here's what the sermon was about, the Good Samaritan. The sermon was about the very thing, right, that they had a chance to live out. See, sometimes maybe we don't, do something about it. Maybe we take a pass because of time. Maybe we don't have time or we feel hurried, or maybe it's because we're afraid of what might happen to us. I remember when I was in high school, there was this kid named Levi, and Levi was a great kid, but the unfortunate part for Levi is he was a little socially awkward. He didn't have a ton of friends, and so people would pick on Levi, and I noticed one time in the lunchroom, he was kind of this, he's a guy that just liked to kind of be alone, sit by himself. You guys may know somebody like this, and he was just sitting by himself in the lunchroom, and I noticed some upperclassmen throwing pennies at him. Yeah, you guys are laughing. You guys are terrible. Just kidding. I laugh too, but I knew that I should do something about it, right? But I didn't do anything. I just watched it happen. I just watched them toss pennies at, at Levi. And what Levi would do is he would quickly leave his seat and try to collect all the pennies. And they were just making fun of him, right? Treating him in a way that he shouldn't have been treated. See, sometimes maybe it's because we lack time and maybe sometimes it's because we lack courage. We lack courage. That was what it was for me. Here's the bottom line tonight. If you don't hear anything else, I want you to listen to this, and I want you to wrap your head around this as we wrap up. Showing kindness is better than feeling compassion. Think about this story, okay? Showing kindness is better than feeling compassion. See, most of us think sometimes we're compassionate people because we feel bad for people, and that's a good start, right? But it's not enough to just feel bad for someone. We have to do something about it. And so maybe there is a story like Levi in your school. Fast forward a year later, I remember senior in high school, and the same thing was happening. I was sitting in the lunchroom, watching Levi, watching these pennies get thrown at him. And this time, I decided to do something. I got up from my seat with all my awesome friends, and I sat down with Levi. And I'll be honest with you guys, it's probably the most awkward conversation I've ever had in my life, okay? Because he didn't really know what to say, and I didn't either. But I can tell you this, the penny stopped. People stopped throwing pennies at this kid. And then I thought about it 
for a second. And I think what was so cool about the conversation was that it almost felt like I was sitting with Jesus himself. Because Jesus said it like this. He said, that which you do to the least of these, you do unto me. So it was almost as if I was literally sitting across from Jesus when I was sitting in the lunchroom with Levi. So here's a challenge. If you see something like bullying or something like people getting made fun of or whatever the case may be at your school, don't just watch it, but do something about it. See, it's not enough to just feel bad about it. You have to show kindness about it because one, kindness matters. Can you imagine students, high school students, what could happen in your world? Your world meaning your school, your family, uh, your friend groups, sports team. Can you imagine what would happen if you said, okay, I'm going to do something. I'm going to roll up my sleeves. I'm going to use resources. I'm going to give my time. I'm not going to worry about what everybody else is thinking, but I'm going to do something for those that are less than me. I'm going to serve the least. You guys may remember this, but this year, or actually it was last year, um, something called Operation Christmas Child. Maybe you guys made shoeboxes. You got in on our church vision of making shoeboxes and sending those over to, there's this country in Africa that we sent these shoeboxes to. And I thought it would be a really cool moment just for you to see something tonight. Sometimes you do things and you don't always see the result. You don't always see the fruit. You don't always know what kind of difference is it making. And I wanted you to see this short 30-second video. One of our campus pastors got to go over to this country and see the reaction and the looks on the faces of the people. Check this out. So here we are in Guyana. We just traveled up the river about an hour to get to this village to have a chance to see these children open up these shoeboxes. And it was amazing to see the look on their faces. And also to know that they heard the gospel and they were able to hear the truth about Jesus and his love for them. And so this simple shoebox gift um, has opened up an opportunity for them to hear a message that will open up eternity. And so, uh, so we're just celebrating. So we want to say thank you, 12 Stone, for your generosity and for you being a part of Samaritan's Purse Operation Christmas Child this year. Awesome. So how many of you guys got in on that last year? Anybody? Sweet. Isn't that cool to get to see that? See how, how the kids reacted and their smiles? And think about that. That is Christmas for them that otherwise they may not have had if it weren't for you Choosing to show kindness. So here's the three things tonight, and then we're going to be done. First thing is this. Commit to the shoe drive. I want to make this really practical tonight. Commit to the shoe drive. So here's the thing. The week after the Back to School Bash, which is the first Tuesday of September, we are having a shoe drive collection. All right, We're partnering with an organization called Souls for Souls, and what they do is they collect shoes. They send them into organizations and places far away from here. that And here's the cool thing. They don't just dump shoes in the backyards of people's homes. What they do is they take these shoes and they start businesses. They start businesses for people that don't have jobs. So they create jobs and they create income for less fortunate families and people like that. And so if you guys will jump in on that, go into your neighborhoods, go into your schools, tell people you want to collect shoes, right? We're doing this. All nine campuses, all student ministry all of 12 Stone. Why? Because one kindness matters. So you're going to hear more about that in the coming weeks, but get in 
on that. Secondly, tonight, identify your neighbor and do something for them too. See, the guy in the story asked the question, well, who is my neighbor? Well, who is your neighbor? I don't necessarily mean the people in your neighborhood, maybe, but think about this question. Who's a neighbor of yours in your school? Maybe a classmate, maybe a teacher, maybe a coach. Who is somebody that maybe God wants to use you to bring some light into their life this year? Who's your neighbor in your home? Maybe you live in a home where a parent is not a Christ follower. Maybe that's your neighbor. Are you sharing the light of Christ by the way you live? And how about this one? Those you've not even met yet. Who are the people that you've not even met yet that God wants you to reach out to? And lastly is this, invite someone to the Back to School Bash. So here's the thing, students. At the end of this month, maybe Pastor Derek already talked about it, but at the end of this month, there is the biggest event that we do all across campuses in student ministry all school year long. It's called our Back to School Bash. It is an easy event to invite people to, to invite all your friends to be a part, come and, come and be a part of it. And I want to encourage you guys as an act of kindness, because think about this, think about this. What if your invitation was what one high school student needed to say yes to Christ? How powerful is that invitation? That, that invitation is life-changing. And I encourage each of you to think about who could you invite to the back-to-school bash this year. So jump in on the shoe drive. Ask the question, who's your neighbor? And do something for them. And commit to asking one person to come to the bash. Here's the thing. This is how we're going to wrap up tonight. We have a song that we want to sing over you guys. And here's what I know. I know that in a room like this, there might be one or a few who has never said yes to Jesus. And tonight could be your night. And so this is what we want to invite you to do. In this time of worship, as the band comes up, as they get geared up to play this song, we want to invite you. There is a station right here. Obviously, you can't miss it, this big white cross. Because here's, here's the reality is when you want to come to Christ, you can do that on your own. Maybe there'll be some student leaders up here to help maybe pray with you guys or talk to you about what that means to become a Christian, but we want to invite you. Maybe you want to come up and talk with someone or pray with someone. Maybe you want to engage and come to the front and worship. We want you to do whatever it takes to connect with God in this moment, but this is, this is what I want to leave you with, okay? Think about this statement. Showing kindness is greater than feeling compassion. A lot of us feel compassion. Let's be honest. A lot of us feel compassion on a daily basis. But the problem is that we've never moved from feeling to doing. Can you imagine what God would do in this student ministry if we moved from feeling to doing? So maybe tonight you need to confess, God, I have not shown kindness. Maybe you need to use your chair as an altar tonight just meet with God for a few moments. Just ask God to give you courage, to give you boldness, to be who he has called you and created you.